my goodness, what a fun service so far. Isn't God awesome? He is absolutely awesome. My goodness gracious, yeah. Uh, my Lord, I just want to dive into this word and get things going this morning. My goodness gracious. Y'all look good today, by the way. Y'all look good. We're glad to see everybody here, everyone tuning in online, if you would. Um, again, hit that like button and that share button so we can reach as many people as we can with this message today. I'm excited about all this stuff coming up. Uh, the, the, the new members class, my goodness, if, man, I'm telling you if, you, if you've been here recently um, as a guest and or, or maybe even for a season and you haven't taken that step yet just to call Eastgate your home church, this is a great opportunity to, uh, to do that officially um, or if you just want information on what the requirements are because with membership comes responsibility and requirement, um, then it's a great class to, to audit. Um, it's not going to take too terribly long. We're going to feed you, of course, and uh, go through some great info. I'm way excited about baptism coming up. Listen, if God's been doing something powerful in your life and you feel like you're entering into a, like a fresh start with him or a fresh season with him, that's a great opportunity to get rebaptized if you've been baptized before. Hey, guess what? It's not a one-and-done thing. You can do it again. You can do it again. Uh, We've got a great list of people that are going to be baptized on the 18th, so if you want that to be you also. Uh, there's a card in the seat back in front of you that's got the little QR code on it. Scan that and you can sign up digitally um, at any point in the service or hit the sign up sheet outside. I wanted to make sure that I talked about that um, before we got into the message. Also this, October 2nd. Everyone say October 2nd. Sunday, October 2nd, following the service, there's going to be a very important meeting for parents. If you're a parent of a student um, or youth age kid, teenager, uh, you're going to want to make this uh, meeting. We're going to feed you again there at that. But what we want to do is we want to, um, we want to build a deeper relationship with the parents of students in this church. Sometimes I think that's a mistake that churches make. They don't um, connect well with the parents of the students and keep them informed of what's going on in the student ministries of the church and uh, I'm, I'm telling you, parents, you're the number one influencer in your child's life. You're the number one influencer in your child's life. But we want to come alongside you in helping lay that foundation and equipping your students to face this crazy world. They're facing challenges unlike any other generation. And we want to make sure that we're coming alongside you and helping to equip them to not just face it and deal with it, but to advance the kingdom of God in their generation. Amen? That's what we want to do. So October 2nd, mark that down on your calendar. It's probably going to take about 35, 40 minutes. We're going to give you our heart, our vision, let you know what's going on in the student ministry, let you know what's coming up in the student ministry so that you're well-informed because we want to make sure we're partnering well with you as parents of students. Amen? Sound good? So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. I'll tell you where to go in just a second. Uh, today's message notes are available um, in the Bible app, uh, if you look under live events and version, you'll see the notes for today's message there. You guys watching online can follow along that way and make it a lot easier for you to keep up with what's going on. What is this now? One, two, three. This is the fourth week of this series that we're in on finances. Hasn't it been a, a great series so far? Man, I praise God for what he's doing. I thank God for the testimonies that I'm hearing too. 
Uh, people are coming up to me saying, Pastor Josh, I just kind of refocused on my finances during this series, and uh, I, I put God first, and I'm already seeing him move in, in our lives, and I thought that was awesome. People have come to me and said, Pastor Josh, I've, I feel like I've got a hold on my budget like I never have before, and I feel like I have some kind of financial plan. That's a huge victory, uh, especially in the, the climate that we're living in right now where it's a, a little more difficult to have financial stability, and, and I love... I love the testimonies that we hear where people are, are coming to us and saying, you know, Pastor Josh, um, I'm just, I'm just, we're operating in our home. And I think this is more important. In our home, we have so much more peace right now with our finances than we ever have before. And I praise God for that. Great, great testimonies coming back uh, from that. And if you've missed any of these services, I encourage you to go back and start from the beginning and catch up. Uh, you know, we started out the, the first day with a, a focus on budgets and just taking back control of our money instead of just floating along with it and having a good plan and a good strategy. And we looked at what the Bible says about having a good, strong budget, and it was a powerful day. We came back the next week, and we looked at, I mean, just the secret weapon that we have as Christians that nobody else really can tap into, and that's the ability to be able to tithe and give back to the Lord what he's blessed us with. And that was a game changer for a lot of households. It sparked a lot of conversations that are still going on. So I love that. Anytime people are talking about biblical principles, that's a win for the kingdom of God, I think. Um, last week, we came together and we talked about what God could do through us to impact the lives of others through our finances. And today, we're, we're going to continue that and kind of look at more of the heart of giving, but in a more practical and in, in, in a way, a more pointed way. And uh, I hope you guys are ready for some grown-up word this morning. Yeah? Hey, listen, if you came to get your, your, your feathers stroked and you came to, to get encouraged and you came to get talked up, this is a great place for that. But if that's all you showed up for, I got news for you. We don't roll that way around here. We look at the full, the, all, the, every aspect of the Word of God. That's what we look at. You know, and sometimes the Word encourages us. Sometimes the Word um, will, will give us that extra little bit of push that we need. And sometimes the Word will give us life in a situation where we feel drained. And then sometimes the Word of God will correct us. Amen? It'll teach us. It'll instruct us. And uh, God's got a way of putting that boot just in the right place sometimes with his scripture to motivate us and get us to do what he's called us to do. And uh, today's going to be a little bit of that with some of this other stuff we're talking about. And, I, and I'm excited about it. Um, next week, um, you don't want to miss this because I told you at the beginning of this series, we're going to bring in a financial advisor to come alongside us as a church and help us with these practical steps because it's one thing for me to preach at you and give you some stuff, but it's a whole other thing for us as the church to go another level and equip you with all the tools that you need to be able to be successful in this. So we're going to bring in a buddy of mine named Rob Stewart. This is a picture of him, so you'll know him when you see him next week. He is the founder and CEO of Integrity Financial Services. Um, it's a great organization. He's got a terrific staff. He's going to come be with us next week to give us some good nuts and bolts teaching, um, looking at budgeting strategies, some investment strategies, uh, paying off debt. I don't know if you've got a little bit of debt that you want to get rid of. He's great at helping put together strategies for that. And he's not only going to just be with us in the service next week, but he's going to offer free consultations to anybody connected with Eastgate Church to help get the ball rolling on putting together a financial plan for your family and your household. Is that awesome or what? Yeah, 
I love that. So it's going to be a big, big Sunday. Uh, so obviously be here, but if you've got friends that could benefit from that, invite them. Rob's an excellent communicator. He's got a lot of information. It's all biblically based, and it'll bless your life, and uh, it's going to be a powerful, powerful Sunday. What is God's motive towards us? Ever ask yourself that question? When I was a kid, I was always scared of God. Because God was that big guy in the sky who would hit you with a lightning bolt if you did something wrong, right? Y'all ever have a picture of God painted to you that way? He was just ready for you to, to mess up or make a mistake so he could just blast you. And, uh, but, but I found that as I get closer to God, and it really is, I found that as I get more familiar with his word, that's not his heart towards us. Now, there is an aspect of God that is just, and God will see that justice is done. God is a holy God, and he will not tolerate sin or allow sin in his presence. But there's a whole lot more to God than just that. You realize that? Do you realize how much God loves you? It's amazing. And it's, it's amazing. And, and, and there are some things that I think we overlook with regard to God and how he interacts with us sometimes. And, and, and I think God is very concerned that we understand his love towards us. So his love would be the first thing I would think that he would want us to understand about him. He wants us to know that he loves us. You know that God loves you right now, and he cannot possibly love you any more than he does right now. And think about that. There's nothing you can do to earn any more of the love of God. He loves you with everything, with everything. And a lot of people, they feel like they're, they're too dirty to come to God, and they feel like they need to clean stuff up and get their life right before they, they like, make a commitment to a church or they surrender their, their life to, to Jesus. And listen, he's already proven how much he loves you. He's not concerned with how clean you get. What he's concerned about is that you let him get in your heart. He can't love you anymore. You know, the Bible says, in John 3, 16, we come to this verse a lot here at this church because it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You realize he loved us before he sent Jesus to die for us. That's beautiful to me. And somebody here needs to hear that, man. I'm just telling you, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. All right, you don't have to try to be enough. You just have to be his child. Let him love on you the way that he wants to love on you. Amen? So I think he would want us to understand his love towards us, and I think he would want to understand relationship. How much he desires to have a relationship with us. I mean, from the beginning, when you look at the Bible, um, it, he walked with Adam in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day, just hanging out. Can you imagine how cool it would be to be able to walk and talk with God in a garden? Man, that'd just be awesome. And that's his heart towards us. Everything that he's done in the Old Testament and sending Jesus to die on the cross, um, one was to get rid of sin so that that relationship could be restored. Okay? And secondly, to go as deep in that relationship as we possibly can with him. He wants to know us and wants us to know us like we should know him. Amen? So relationship is big. Um, the next thing, I think, is spiritual freedom. He wants us to experience spiritual freedom in our lives, what it truly means to be free from sin. 
to truly be free from sin, not just in good preaching and not just in what you read in Scripture, but to truly be free from sin as a lifestyle. Do you know that as a Christian, after Jesus is Lord and Savior of your heart and your life, he sets you free from sin. Listen, when you sin after that, it's because you choose to do it, not because sin has an uncontrollable power over you. Amen? So spiritual freedom is a big part of it. I think he wants us to experience his blessing too. And not just his blessing, but his peace. His peace is huge. How many of you would say, there have been seasons in my life where I could have used a little more peace? Yeah, and people that we know that probably need the peace of God in their lives. Probably some of us here today, um, maybe worship fixed a lot of that, but we need more of God's peace manifested in our life. And it's his heart that we operate in a consistent peace with him that flows out of that relationship that we have with him. His heart is for us to have so many wonderful things. And, And sometimes I wonder why so many of us miss out on so many of the things that God wants us to have in our lives. You know, we, we don't appreciate the love and we miss out on it. We don't, we don't dive into the relationship that we have the opportunity to have. We don't experience the freedom in our life that we could or his blessing or his peace like we could. And I wonder why, because God's given us a roadmap to navigate this thing called life. He didn't just say, hey, uh, you're free from sin now, so deal with the world the best that you can. Best of luck to you. God, I'll see you later. You know, he, he didn't leave us hanging like that. He left us his word. Amen? Amen? So he left us his word to equip us. God's word is here to equip us for life. His word is here to equip us for life. I see so many Christians deal with so many problems that they don't have to. They don't have to. Listen, we're stressed out over things that we don't need to be stressed out over. We're stressed out over stuff uh, regarding money that we don't need to be stressed out over. Hey, if we participate in God's financial plan, he's got us. Amen? He's got us. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the stuff that we need. He says he will give to us. If we put him first, he's got us. But we stress out over that. And it creeps into our marriages. It creeps into our relationships with our kids. I mean, how many parents in here have been guilty of venting your week on your kid because you lost your peace somewhere in the process? You know what I mean? So it it gets in there and, and we don't operate with the power that we could sometimes. And we don't step into the authority that we have in Christ sometimes. And I wonder why, because God's heart is for us to have all these things and operate in all of these things. And he's given us his word to be able to do it. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we start to get some insight on this. Maybe, maybe the problem doesn't lie with God or his word. Maybe the problem lies with us. Paul's writing to church in Corinth, and by the way, (laughs) it it, it was a miracle of God that there was ever a church in Corinth. Um, Corinth was a crazy town. It's a crazy town. When you think of Corinth and these Corinthian people that that Paul's writing to here that we're about to read about, uh, think about uh, New Orleans during Mardi Gras. 
all right? That was every day for these people. Or like going to Vegas on the crazy weekends. You know what I mean? That was, that was Corinth. That's how they operated. In fact, if you were wild and you were crazy in any other region around there, they would call you a Corinthian whether you were or not because that's the reputation that they had. These are the people that Paul is writing to. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I wonder why. He's talking to Corinthians, you know? Um, These people are are party people. They're crazy. So he's talking to a group of people that have come out of a wild lifestyle and are trying to get rhythm with this new spiritual walk that they're in. He says, when I'm with you, I couldn't talk to you like spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. Ooh, infants in Christ. So if you're an infant in Christ, then by default, that means that you can also be a grown-up in Christ, right? So there's a growth process that can take place in us, amen? Look at the person next to you and say, hey, Grow up. Grow up. This is what he's saying. I I couldn't talk to you like I wanted to. I had to talk to you like you were infants in Christ. He said, I had to feed you with milk, not solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And this last little bit is the hammer on the nail. He says, and you still aren't ready. You still aren't ready. Like, you weren't ready then, and I get it. Uh, You weren't ready, so I had to talk to you like you were still kind of in the world because you weren't spiritually mature yet. And I get it because I I had to feed you milk because you were basically infants in your faith, and I couldn't give you solid food, and that's fine. But the deal is, you still aren't ready. You still aren't ready. And I wonder how many of us are kind of in that phase in our walk with God. You know what I mean? Like... Time has passed, and we should be a few, two, three, four, five, even a half a dozen steps further in our development spiritually or in our spiritual maturity, but we still aren't ready. Like, there hasn't been the growth that should have taken place in our lives. You understand what I'm saying? You know, you see it all the time in people. Like, we, we've been saved long enough, and we know the Word of God, and that fruit should be bearing out in our lives, but there's a difference between knowing and applying, isn't there? And so, so, so with, with regard to the area of finances, see, we, most of us know we should put God first. Most of us know that we should tie to the Lord. Most of us know he should be our number one priority, but we still aren't ready yet. You understand? We know pornography is bad for us, but we're still in it. We understand that it's dangerous to flirt with people we're not married to online, but we're still there. We understand that the Bible says that we're supposed to forgive people when they offend us. But we're still not there, some of us. And it's not that we don't know it. We just haven't really applied it. Maybe it's time for some of us to grow up just a little bit. And I can say that to myself. Maybe it's time for me to grow up some in some areas of my life. I told you this was going to be fun today. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, uh, get ready. Get ready. I can feel us a little tense in here right now. I can feel us a little tense in here. Pastor Josh is getting up in my business, man. What is he talking about? No, Pastor Josh isn't doing anything but delivering the word of God.
okay? So let's let the word of God do in us what it needs to do in us today. Um, Look at uh, the book of James. This is crazy. The book of James, chapter one, says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Wow, that's, that's not God falling short in our lives. That's not the devil tricking us and tempting us. He says, don't deceive yourselves. Don't be your own worst enemy. Put this stuff to work in your life so it can bear fruit. It says, anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Wow. See, knowing we should go to someone and talk to them after there's been friction is one thing, but going and having relationships restored is something completely different, isn't it? Knowing and applying are two different things. How many of you would agree with me if I said having kids was a crazy adventure? Oh my gosh. It, It is never a dull moment in our house. I've got two creative kids and uh, they're both full of energy. Abby, I think, may be drawing energy from the sun itself. (laughs) I'm just telling you straight up because she's got a solar pack on her somewhere. I'm telling you, she never slows down. Um, It's always an adventure with them. We had uh, this (laughs) pop-up this week. Uh, Let me me show you this picture. Abby decided to get creative this week. (laughs) So this is what she did. What had happened was, was that um, she wanted Kelly to do her nails because Kelly was, like, you know, prettying up her nails. And so Abby's like, I want my nails done too. Well, it was too late at night. So Kelly said, well, we can't do it tonight. You need to go to bed. You've got school tomorrow, so we'll do it tomorrow night, you know, when you get home from school. Abby didn't like that plan. So Abby got her markers and said, if Mama won't do it, I'll just handle business. And so she did all of her nails with her markers, and she did some cool little hand tattoos too, because why not sleeve it up? If you're going, to, I mean, I stop at the fingers, you need to go on up. So she has some cool sleeves going. And then she, her uh, intent was to draw some hearts on her face, but it didn't quite work out right for her. So she just decided to fill it in and turn it into what you see there. And you just never know what's going to happen with these kids. Um, one of my battles with them is keeping their rooms clean. God, I, I see some heads not counting. Let's go ahead and ask for an amen on that. Y'all feel that struggle too? Yeah, keeping the, the room clean. So I told Abby, this was the other day, I said, I need you to clean your room because it was starting to look like the county dump. We're getting pretty close to it, you know, <laughs> toys and clothes and, and trash and all that. So I was like, all right, it's cleanup day. Uh, we need to stop this before this becomes, uh, we, we don't want uh, child services coming to the house because of what you got going on here. So we're going to clean this thing up. And I told her, look, pick up your clothes, put them in the the dirty clothes uh, basket and put your toys where they go and pick up a little bit of trash and put it in the trash can. If you will clean your room, get it done today, I will give you a surprise. And her eyes went, ooh, you know, surprise. Like in her mind, it could have been a shopping spree, you know, in the toy section of Walmart. You know, these little kids' imaginations go everywhere. So I, I let her go loose through the day. I came back a couple hours later. Room hadn't changed. Abby, you got to clean your room. If you'll clean it today, Daddy's going to give you a surprise. Okay. 
and then she, squirrel, you know, just got busy doing other kids' stuff, and uh, she was playing, and I was like, okay, I'm going to see how this goes, so I'm not going to be disciplined dad just yet. So later that afternoon, I go check on it. Nothing's done in the room. Is this a familiar story with anybody, by the way? Y'all, y'all, y'all this? So, um, so I go back, nothing's done. Abby, you're running out of time. Clean your room, and don't forget, I'll give you a surprise if you'll do it. Okay. Well, about 7 o'clock that evening, I go to check the room, all right, and she's put a couple of things in the dirty clothes basket, and that's it. And I said, Abby, you got to clean your room. And she goes, oh, Daddy, but I did. By whose definition here? You know what I mean? I, I remember saying all the clothes and all the toys and all the trash and all this stuff. She goes, I did. I put the clothes up. No, you put some of the clothes up. Let me walk you through this. All these clothes you see on the floor, okay, they go in there too. All right, put the clothes in their home. They're homeless. They need to go home. You know, put the clothes up. Uh, put the toys where they go. Okay, and then this little bit of trash right here, put it in the trash can, and you're done. Okay, Come back an hour later, and she's just sitting on the floor. Abby, what are you doing? <sighs> Daddy, I just, I just, I'm not feeling good. I don't feel like I can do my room. Is that okay? Can I still get a surprise? Because I did a little bit. You didn't clean your, but I did do it some. Can I get a surprise? And I'm like, no. No, you can't get a surprise. And now, Daddy's changing his tone. You've got 30 minutes to get this room clean because if you don't, you're going to start losing stuff, okay? We're out of, we're out of surprise territory. Now, you're, you want to be concerned about saving your life. This is where we're getting with this, okay? So, let's get all this stuff where it's supposed to go, you know, and she magically got motivated by, by discipline, Dad, and had most of it done in less than 30 minutes, and it was great. And then she said, I did it, Daddy. Can I get my surprise now? And I'm like, you done got me worked up over this, and now you're trying to cute face me for a surprise. And so um, I said, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll do something. We'll do something tomorrow, but here's the deal. What she was going to get was going to be awesome. What she ended up getting wasn't as cool. She still got the surprise, but it wasn't what it could have been, I don't think, if she had just been obedient and cleaned the room in the first place, you know. And parents, y'all know this story, too. You know, it's like, I will blow you away with what I will do for you if you would just listen to what I'm saying. And I think sometimes God does that with us, too. You know, and he's like, hey, if you will just be obedient to this part of my word, you just don't understand what I want to pour out into your life. You don't understand the blessings that I want you to have. You don't understand how free I really want you to be and how much peace you can have in your life. If you would just do what I've asked you to do and stop staying a spiritual baby but grow up just a little bit and take on some spiritual responsibility and apply the word of God to your life and stop living like the world and start being who I've called you to be I will open up the kingdom and give you everything but you've got to be obedient to my word wow I think sometimes we miss that because we get frustrated I think I think we get frustrated we're like, God, I, I need you to move this mountain in my life. And he's like, I would 
if you would stop opening up so many doors for the enemy to destroy you. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I have this that I want to give you, but you're creating so many holes in the boat that it's, it's going to reach the point where it's impossible to keep it afloat. Stop putting holes in your own boat, is what he's saying. And I think, I think we need to realize that if, if we want God's favor and blessing, then we need to show him honor and obedience. And if you want God's favor and you want God's blessing, you have to show him honor and be obedient to him. Every promise of God comes with a condition of obedience. Every time. Every time. Even salvation, we have to be obedient to repent. Every, every promise comes with a condition of obedience. And if we would just clean our room, if we just clean our room, I think we would be blown away with where we could be spiritually. If you want God's favor and blessing, show him honor and obedience. I got a wife. Her name is Kelly. If you have not met her, she's the children's pastor here. And every, uh, she does so much more than that. Uh, she's amazing. Um, she cheats at, at board games sometimes, but that's her, that's her only fault. Uh, but she's wonderful. So if you haven't met her yet, be sure to run over to the, the children's area and, uh, and say hey to her. She'd love to meet you. But um, I love her. I love her. But if I told my wife, hey, we got a, a new deal, you and me, all right? Monday through Friday, it's all about us. Monday through Friday, I'm your guy, Okay? Saturday and Sunday, though, mm -mm. I'm off limits. I go where I want. I do what I want. Deuces, I'll see you Monday morning. <laughs> see, every woman in here just got a little bit mad at me, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I was telling Kelly that's like, I think I'm going to talk about this in the message. And so I, I walked her through it, and she was like, oh, I I know this is an illustration, and I'm getting mad at you right now. You will not treat me like that. You know? <laughs> so, no, I love you, and we're married, and everything's awesome, but on the weekends, I'm going to go to Vegas, and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and that's just how it's going to work. You know what I mean? There's no way that would work, would it? No. And why do we think God would let us treat, uh, treat him that way? I'll see you on Sunday, and I might see you another day of the week, but the rest, of the, the, the rest of the time, hey, it's all about me. It's all about me. I'm putting me first, and I'll see you on Sunday. Or I'll see you on Wednesday. Or I'll see you at the first Wednesday service because it's just once a month, and I can, I can swing that. But the rest of the time, it's about, it doesn't work that way, does it? There's no way it works that way because we have to put him first. We have to, we have to put him first. We have to be obedient to him. If we want his favor and his blessing, we've got to show honor and obedience. It's funny because when God got so upset with the children of Israel because they got all those idols, you know, all those idols that he was dealing with them about, hey, get the idols out of your house. Get the idols out of the camp. Get the idols out of your life, you know. It's, it's not that the people of Israel were like in love with a wooden object or a golden calf. It's not like they were blowing kisses at it and just infatuated with it. You know what the problem was with it? See, I was always taught that an idol is anything in your life that comes before God. And I think that might be a wrong definition. Uh, because 
I think an idol can also be anything that we bring into our lives to supplement what we don't trust God to do. And that's what was happening with Israel. They, they would bring in these idols. They were like, yeah, we serve God, and he's awesome. Jehovah's awesome. Go Big J. You know, they, they, they loved him. But these idols, they, they, there were idols that were, you would have to help you get good crops. There were idols that you would have to help with fertility so you could have a large family. Larger families uh, meant that you had the potential to have larger wealth as a family. Uh, there were idols that, um, that were specifically for protection that these guys would, would keep. And it's like, God is awesome, but it's, we just don't know for sure if he's like all powerful. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna make sure all our bases are covered with these other things just in case, just in case. And I think sometimes we do that with God. You know, like we know what he says to do with our finances. But instead of giving the full tithe, we give a little bit and hold back the rest because we like that comfort and security. You know what I mean? And so that becomes an idol in a way. It's like, God, I love you. I'm going to give you a little bit, but I just don't trust you with all of it. God, I, I love you with it. And I, I mostly trust you with this area of my life over here, but not all of it, so I'm just going to hold on to this little bit that I've still got from the world to help me through it. Idols. Have you ever thought of yourself having idols in your life? Well, that sounds so churchy, doesn't it? Are there idols in your life? Are there idols in your life? Find out at Eastgate Church this Sunday. Because when it comes to finances... God's given us his plan, and it's pretty simple. And all he wants us to do is, one, put him first. Put him first. After we put him first, to be wise stewards of what he's given us. Okay? We become wise stewards over what he's given us by having a solid budget, knowing where our money is going. Now, some of us are in the boat where we're trusting God, and we're paying the tithe, and we're actually giving in offerings, and we're, we're great givers, but we're out of balance when it comes to being a wise steward. So we're giving to God, but we're not managing the finances that we have, and that creates a problem because even though we're honoring him and we may be seeing blessing in our life, we're not getting blessed like we could be getting blessed because we're not being a good steward yet of what he's given us. You understand? And so God's a smart investor, and he's going to invest his resources with those that operate with wisdom. And then um, he wants us to bless others as he leads. If we will do those three things, we'll be in solid shape financially with God's plan, putting him first with the tithe, putting him first financially in our lives, listening to what he says, um, making sure that we are responsible with what he's blessed us with so that he knows he can trust us with more so that we can bless others and be the funnel that he's called us to be. That's God's financial plan for us in three easy steps. In three easy steps. But a lot of times we have trouble with this because we don't fully trust the Lord financially. It's not just finances, it's other areas of life. We don't fully trust him. God wants our trust. He wants our trust. He's tell you straight up, he wants our trust. And financially, I, I, I'd say that if you, 
If you find it difficult to trust God now, boy, you're, you're in a lot of trouble because the way our country is set up, man, there, there's so many safety nets there to catch us as citizens. It really doesn't take a whole lot of trust to trust God with our finances. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, it even says on our money, in God we trust. It's like a reminder that's there all the time, you know. In God we trust, in God we trust. Um, we have a social security system in Jesus' name that hopefully will still be there when we get older. But we have a social security system that's there just in case you didn't plan as well for your retirement in the later years of life. There's something there waiting for you to help take care of you in those later years, you know. Um, there, if you... If you can't make a house payment this month, a lot of mortgage companies and banks will let you defer a payment. Um, did you know that if you find yourself behind the eight ball financially, there, I mean, if you lose a job, uh, there's food stamps. I don't know if anybody likes the idea of going on food stamps, but they're there if you don't have the money. And did you know that there are food banks all over the place? So if you're short on money and can't get food, you could go to the pantry here in Douglasville, a great ministry. You could go to Sweetwater Missions, which we partner with both of them, and they help us tremendously in seeing families in our area that come to us for help, getting resource with what they need. They're great ministries, but there's places like that everywhere. Like if you're short on food, you can go get food. There are institutions set up so that if you're falling behind on your house payment or your rent, they will catch you up and pay for the next several months of your house payment or rent if you qualify. Did you know there were places like that? That is crazy to me. They'll help you make your car payment. They'll help you get your bills under control. They'll, there's so many safety nets to help us out. If you can't trust God to put him first with your finances in this climate, I think you just don't trust God. I think you don't because there's so many things there to catch us if we go through a rough season of life, God wants our trust. He wants our trust. And I think, I think the conflict for a lot of us is found in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 24. A lot of us know Matthew chapter 6 because verse 33 is in it. You know, like, I'll seek God first and his righteousness. Oh, he will provide everything for me. You know, and it's, there's, great, there's a great uh, promise in that, and it's true. But before Jesus said that, Jesus said this. He said, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. And then he drops a bomb on them. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Wow. You can't serve God and be enslaved to money. God's not sharing space on the stage. He wants to make sure the spotlight is on him. He's not going to share the throne in your heart with anyone or anything. That space is his. Is you can't be divided, especially when it comes with your finances, because the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And Jesus just drops a bomb, and he says, listen, you got to choose, because you can't have it both ways. 
Either you trust me or you don't. Either I'm master or I'm not. You know, Jesus spent a lot of time working with the disciples because they saw him as master, but he had to teach them to see him as a friend. I think in the church in America, we're really quick to embrace Jesus as our friend who will do anything for us, but we need to learn how to see him as our master over every area of life. The Bible still says we were bought with a price. We were bought with a price. You can't have it both ways because eventually your heart (laughs) is going to be split and you'll love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. You can't have it both ways, he says. He says, settle in your heart this issue on finances. Either I'm Lord of it all or I'm not Lord at all. Now, that sounds kind of harsh, but that's what Jesus says. That's what he says. You can't serve this world system and me at the same time. I've called you to be a stranger and aliens in a foreign land. You're in this world, but you're not of this world is what he's saying. He says you can't have it both ways. I praise God, though, that we have a church that for the most part has settled this issue in their hearts. I really do. We have an incredibly generous church. People say, well, why, why, why does Jesus hammer on this issue of finances so much? Because, because he knows that a financially powerful church is a church that can do more in the community. Amen? Amen. He knows that spiritually obedient people are open for more blessing in their lives. He says, settle this issue. Clean the room. I can pour out everything that I want to give you is what he's saying. And the beautiful thing about this is that when we submit, not just finances, but every... Is this tracking good, by the way, this morning? I, I hope we're quiet because God's speaking to us and, and working on us this morning. Um, he says, when we get it right, a beautiful thing begins to happen, and we begin to see lives impacted and changed for the kingdom of God. Last week, we celebrated a lot of the stuff that God had been doing through our church so far this year because we have been giving as people. Um, one of the things that I didn't get to show you last week is a video of someone who God has impacted and changed their lives, and it's a direct result of the generosity of this church See, it's not just what God can bless you with. It's how he can bless others through your obedience that matters. Amen? So I'm going to be quiet for a second. I'm going to ask you guys to roll this video. Pay attention to what God's doing in the lives of the people in this church. Um, Denise Glover. I am a single mom of two, divorced March 19, moved to Douglasville. Just trying to find things to do really around Douglasville mostly. Um, I've seen the signs uh, about 104.5 My City, so I just turned it to their station and I see it was a Christian station. And then I heard of an event they was doing here at the church. For the kids and I was like hey this will give y'all something to do let's go do this we didn't leave until it was over because my children would not leave they they wouldn't leave for nothing we got a lot of candy it's still in my closet I'm gonna throw it out very soon when we finally actually came to church on Easter Sunday everyone was so welcoming 
and Madison is actually one person who came to me and I sat with her and her boyfriend because she was like, you shouldn't have to sit by yourself, so she brought me over there to sit with them. That has never happened to me at a church. My daughter is also another reason why we're coming back. Um, after church, I asked her how was church. Um, she said that she liked it, and they talked about Jesus and stuff. And I was like, okay. She's like, but I already know about all of that. I was like, okay. Can we come back next week? I'm like, okay then. We're going back. <laughs> all the things y'all have going on. Y'all have things going on for men, for women, for kids. Because um, even with Women of Valor starting tomorrow, I'll be here. Um, I'm actually very excited to start it. Um, and actually since I've been coming here, I've actually started doing daily devotions, which is something I've never really done. I've kind of dipped into, but not really done anything. So, and it's really, I want to do it. And when I don't do it, I know I missed it. And I'm like, I'm going back to make sure I go back and make sure I'm caught up with all my daily devotions and everything. At Eastgate, no one walks alone. I love that. I love that. There's about so much more than just us. Yeah, God wants to bless us. I'm reminding you today, though, it's about how we can be used to bless others, too. There's more at stake in your obedience than just you. There are other people that are counting on you. There are other people that are counting on you to be there. There are other people that are counting on you to be that blessing when they need that blessing. Be used by God to be that difference maker in their life. There, there are people that are counting on you. There are people that are counting on me. There's people that are counting on us in this county as a church. As a church. John chapter 14. Jesus drops another bomb. In verse 23. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. Remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. He says, if you love me, you will obey me. If you don't love me, I'll know. Because the obedience won't be there in your life. It's amazing how over time that heart to be obedient to the Lord can get sold out one issue at a time, one little idol at a time. And it's not like we're replacing God. It's not like we don't love God. It's just that the issue of trust comes up and there's just these little areas that there's not complete surrender in or complete trust in. And so we'd rather grab onto this because it's comfortable. But what we don't realize is one, one, one issue at a time, one, one little thing at a time, we're stepping out of the obedience that God has called us to operate in. I'll show you this picture. This is a picture of the Jordan River. It's one of the pretty parts of it. A lot of significant things happened in the Bible, the Jordan River. 
The Jordan River served as a, a border between the promised land and the enemy territory during the journey of the people of Israel when God was calling them out of Egypt, leading them to the promised land, the land that he had promised them. And Israel went all the way to the banks of the Jordan River in eyesight of the promise of God, and they stopped. This blows my mind because this is a group of people that should have been able to make this journey in about 11 days. Instead, they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years until they all died off. All of them, except for two people, Joshua and Caleb. It's amazing. This is a group of people that God brought out of bondage from Israel. They saw all the plagues. They saw God do amazing things as they were leaving Egypt. The Egyptians lined up and they gave gold and jewelry and money to the Israelites as they were walking out. God didn't just bring them out of bondage, but he resourced them as they walked into their freedom. They went to the Red Sea. They saw God split the Red Sea. They saw Pharaoh's army destroyed in that Red Sea. They saw God provide for them and bring a, a pillar of fire by night and cloud by day. At night, fire to keep them warm in the cold air of the desert. During the day, they walked under clouds in the shade. They literally traveled in the shade because when God does something, he does it with style. You know what I mean? Um, they saw God feed them with manna, with quail. They watched him bring water out of a rock. They watched God provide and provide and provide and provide, and they never fully trusted him and they reached the, the border of the Jordan River inside of the promised land and that's where their trust in God could go no further because they saw giants. They saw giants. And the God that could do all of that suddenly became the God that could not give them victory over the giants that they saw. Doesn't that happen sometimes in our lives? We see God do so much. We've seen God bring us out of so much. God has set us free and God has blessed us in the past and he's provided for us. He's done so much and then we reach the banks of the promise that he's trying to bring us into and we see something that causes us to hit pause because my God's been big enough to do all of that but my God can't. My God can't cancer my God can't help me in this financial situation my God can't restore my marriage my God can't heal my heart my God isn't big enough to help me forgive somebody and we miss out on so much we miss out on so much and the heart of this today is to encourage you to not be like Israel and stop at the banks of the Jordan. To, to, 
to not be that person that Paul writes to and says, hey, you still aren't doing it. It's still an issue in your life. It, why haven't you matured past that? Why haven't you grown into that? Why haven't you not just read the word, but applied it to your life and taken that step to grow and grow and grow deeper in your relationship with God? Some of us have been saved for 50 plus years. And if I were to ask you when the last time you talked to somebody about Jesus was, you would not be able to tell me. But you're in church every Sunday, but you won't open your mouth to let people know about the Savior that has changed your life. We need to grow past this stuff. We're going to trust God with every area of our lives, but finances? Really? That's where we're going to stop? Inside of all the blessing, inside of all the promises, God's just saying, trust me and step across. I wonder how many of us are standing at the banks of the Jordan this morning. And I know there's a lot of people here there because God wouldn't have had me have this message go this way. At the beginning of the week, I had something completely different in my mind and then God started speaking and he goes, yeah, you're going to touch on finances, but that's not the issue. What was it? What was it that caused you to stop growing? Who was it that hurt you? What was the situation where you said, hey, this, this mm -mm, I can't go any further. And God, you'll be cool, but I'm going to start bringing stuff in to supplement. Because I still believe you, but I need some comfort around me because i got to try to do some of this on my own. God doesn't want you to do it on your own. He wants complete and total surrender. Amen? Complete, total surrender. Why? Because of what's on the other side. What's on the other side? We'll just clean the room and do what he says. He'll bless us on the other side. Let's all stand this morning. It's funny, a pastor buddy of mine, and he said, y'all are doing a series on finances? And I was like, yeah. He goes, wow. If I did a series on finances, after the first week, 30% of my church wouldn't come back. I was like, bro, you got some issues in your church then. You know, this is what I praise God for. Through this series, look at what God has done. He has not only grown us and opened up blessing in our lives, and I'm hearing testimonies of people paying down debt and all this cool stuff happening. But at the same time, in a financial series, God is growing our church. He's growing our church. Tell me this isn't important to him. And if we're going to be a real church, and the church that God has called us to be, then we've got to make sure we are in line with all of God's word. Amen? Whether it's finances, whether it's, it's we need to get lust out of our heart, whether we need to get... What, whatever it is, the hurt healed, the trust issues with other people resolved, whatever it is, we need to make it all obedient to the word of God and live it in our lives, okay? You need to understand something. You need to understand something. 
I am your pastor. I am not a hireling. You understand? I'm your pastor. I want to pastor you. And we're going to make sure that we are in line as a church and as individuals to the best of our ability to this word of God. Okay? We're not going to get together and clap our hands and walk out of here and deceive ourselves. Okay? Let's put this stuff to work. Because when we're obedient, not only do we see the powerful stuff happen in our lives, but we begin to see the powerful stuff happen in the services we have here. And we begin to see windows and doors of opportunity opened up as we go out through the community. Obedience not only brings blessing, it also brings the presence and power of the Holy Spirit into operation in our lives like never before. Like never before. So I'm going to pastor us to be obedient to the Word of God. And I will say this, this whole time we've done this series on finances, I haven't had one person come and complain to me. Not one person. You know what I've heard? Testimonies of how God is using this to impact the lives of the people in this church. If you're still on the fence, let me encourage you. Hop on over to the side of obedience and let God do something powerful in your life. When every head bowed, every eye closed in this place, I think God's still working on us. You hear and you say, Pastor Josh, and you know what? I'm on the banks of the Jordan, and I've been looking across to the other side, and I've hesitated. And it may not just be with finances. That's the focus of this series, but that's not the heart of this message today. Some of you, you're looking across the Jordan at the calling that God has put on your life, and you're paralyzed with fear. You need to be set free today. You need to surrender that to the Lord today. Some of you, God has been speaking to you about getting involved in areas of ministry, and you haven't yet. Some of you, the Lord's been prompting your heart, and you felt the tug to surrender your life to Him, but you're looking at all the dirt, and you think, I'm too dirty to get things right with God. God doesn't make bad people good people. He takes spiritually dead people and brings them to life. The Lord wants to bring you to life today. Is there an issue in your life? Are you struggling with lust? Are you struggling with anger? Is pornography an addiction in your life? Do you struggle with alcohol and you go there for escape instead of trusting God for peace? Because that's the issue there, you see. Those little idols. I know God could do all of it, but I'm just going to use these little things to help me out through this. He wants it all. Complete and total surrender to him. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your eyes up and look at me. And if you're here this morning, you know, Pastor Josh, that's me. I'm on the banks of the Jordan looking across, and I'm frozen. And I need to take that step to the other side. I need to completely surrender and completely trust the Lord to do what he said he would do. And not just listen to this Bible, but put it into action so that I can grow up in my faith and stop walking around like a spiritual infant when I should be a warrior with my sword drawn, ready to go to battle and reach this world for Jesus. 
On the count of three, if that's you, and you're ready to make some change, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. I see yours, yours, I see 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 yours. I see your eyes are going up all over this place. This is what I want to do. This is going to take some guts. This is going to take you out of your comfort zone. But I'm going to ask every one of you that lifted up your eyes. And whatever the deal is, that's between you and God. Okay? It's between you and the Lord. But this is what I think. I think you need to take some action this morning. I want to open these altars up for everybody that lifted up your eyes and said, and I need to take that step. I need to move across that, that figurative Jordan River. If you lifted your eyes just now, I want you to get out of your seat, out of your row, out of your aisle, and I want you to come down here to this altar and let's take the step across together. Okay, everybody in here loves you. We're gonna back you up in prayer, but you need to take a step. On the count of three, let's do it. One, two, three, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Somebody's gotta lead. Somebody's gotta be first, okay? We've got our leader. Let's go, let's go, let's go. There were a lot more eyes lifted up, and this is the problem, see? This is the problem. Don't let this paralyze you and hold you. Don't let it paralyze you and hold you. Take a step of obedience and step out and let the Lord work in your heart this morning. A lot more eyes went up than are represented here at the altar. I'm going to do this one more time. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You know in your heart what the Lord is. What, 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 what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? want to live the rest of your life on these well I'll fix it when I get home and how many times have you already said that how many times have you intended to fix it and you've listened to the word of God and then you've walked out of here and you've forgotten it like your face in a mirror don't do that today be obedient to the word of God on the count of three if that's you and you you didn't respond to the first call but you feel the Lord doing a work in your heart I'm going to do this again on the count of three. I want you to come up here to this altar. Here we go. One, two, three. If that's you, come on up. Come on up. Don't miss out on what the Lord wants to do. We've got people moving and responding. Praise God. Praise God. This takes courage. This takes the decision having been made. You guys ready? Y'all ready? All right. Everyone in here, we know how to pray, right? ask you again to make sure you're awake we know how to pray correct pastor josh this service is going a little bit longer isn't it awesome that you're in a church that puts priority of the holy spirit moving than a stupid number on a clock holy spirit over time every time amen amen let's let god do what he wants to do in these people's lives I want to get some prayer warriors to come up here and, and let's stand behind these individuals and lift them up in prayer. I'd like to have somebody behind everybody that's up here. We got one, two, three, four, and a lady over here that needs prayer. all stretch our hands towards these people and let's lift them up in prayer father we worship you in this place god we glorify you in this place lord i thank you that you and you alone are all that matters 
Lord, we lift up these beautiful people that have made a step. They're making a decision to cross over into what you've been dealing with them on in their heart, Lord, to cross over that Jordan, to step into full obedience, whatever that area is, Lord. Right now, whatever that area is, just lift it up to the Lord. Right now, Lord, you have control over it all. You have control over it all. Lord, you have complete control over our lives, every one of us. Not just the ones in the altar, but all of us here today. Father, you are in control of it all. Our finances, Lord, our, the affairs of our lives, Lord, it's all, it's all under your control. Lord, how we deal with other people. Father, our, the calling that you place on our lives, Father, that's in your hands. That's in your timing. That's in your control, Lord. Father, we put complete trust in you. And those things that we've tried to reach out to, to supplement in areas of our lives. God, let that be destroyed now in the name of Jesus. Every substitute, every idol, every falsehood. Lord, let us get it out of our lives and out of our hearts right now. Lord, let us refocus our hearts on you. You are King of Kings. You are Lord of Lords. You are in control of our lives, Father. We trust you 100%. 100% with every area of our lives. Not just in lip service, but in a heart that's obedient to you. Lord, we line ourselves up with obedience to your word this morning. We line our hearts up with obedience to what you've told us to do. And we trust you. Because on the other side of obedience comes your blessing and your promise. Father, I'm excited because I know what you're about to do in the lives of these people up here. Lord, I'm excited because I know what you're about to do in and through this church. Father, we, just all of us, all of us, Lord, we put ourselves back into the place of simple obedience to your word. God, let a spirit of religion die in this place today in the name of Jesus. God, let authenticity be birthed and rebirthed in our walk with you. Let it be real. Let it be genuine. Father, let it be led by your spirit, submitted to you. Lord, as a church, we surrender to you. Lord, as a pastor, I say right now in this moment, Lord, this is not our church. This is your church. It's not my church. This is your church. This stage doesn't belong to anyone here. This is your stage. This is your pulpit. This is your altar. This is your place, Father. You will always be first in this church and in our hearts, Father. You will always be first. Father, we give you praise for what you're doing. God, I praise you. I praise you for your presence that I feel. Lord, I praise you for the freedom that I'm sensing in my spirit. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts today. We give you glory and we give you praise, Father. We give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus' name. All across this place, let's give God some praise. Let's give God praise in this place. He's worthy. He's worthy. He is so worthy. What a day in the presence of God. What a day in the presence of the Lord. Let me encourage everybody here. 
what God has done in the altar. See, the big test starts when we walk out these doors, right? Right? So we don't want to be those people that look at the Word of God and deceive ourselves. We want to do what it says. We don't just want to listen to it in a service. We want to put it into practice. Amen? We do that, we'll be blessed. If we do that, we'll see God open doors. If we do that, if we do that, we'll see God do powerful things, not just in us and for us, but through us to impact others. That gets me excited. And you know what? If we're doing all that, I think that's what a real church looks like. That's what a real church looks like. Might not be perfect, but we have a heart to be obedient to what God is telling us to do. Amen? That's where it's at. Father, thank you so much for your presence, for your power, for what you did during worship. Lord, for the direction of the message today. Lord, for what you led me to say today, because a lot of it I didn't come in here ready to say. Lord, I thank you for speaking to our hearts and challenging us. That lets me know that we're right where you want us to be. Well, let us go out of here today ready to impact this world for you because that's what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. We love you. Let's give God one more big shout of praise. Ah, we love you. We'll see you next week. It's going to be fun.